Park Fermi Review Show, powered by RST. We're joined here tonight by Phil Wayne, top journalist of uh, road racing, Ryan Farquhar, team boss and former race winner, and Johnny Barton, lightweight uh, TT competitor and rider liaison officer. Good evening all. Good evening. Good evening. Hey. And at least we've had some action on the TT course, race action as well. It's been a good day, really. Allowing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's been it's been nice to have some bike racing on the on the TT course today in in, in pretty good conditions. I know it was a bit blustery, but uh, it, it, you know we we got some races done, albeit it wasn't as the uh, the full distance that we all kind of hoped. But uh, nevertheless, it was pretty exciting and, and good fun to watch. It was indeed. It was uh, we ended up with a two lap RST Superbike TT. It was Dean Harrison that led the way initially in that over the opening lap before Peter Hickman hauled him back just towards the end. And uh, with the race unfortunately being red flagged at the end of well, the results certainly went back to the end of lap two. The leading riders were just out through Glen Helen, I think, on lap three, having done their pit stops. But the race result rolls back to the end of lap two, and it is Peter Hickman who's awarded the victory by about 1.6 seconds, 1.7 seconds, I think it was. And it was a very, very close race pretty much all the way. Yeah, it was pretty much what we, we talked about this morning, wasn't it? The, the, you know, the, the, the kind of big, t- you know, the two, uh, Hickman and Harrison, they both uh, done some really good laps in, uh, in, in the practice week. And we kind of thought that, that you know, it was going to be between them two. And we, we said that they'd probably get some... 130 plus laps in and, and we saw it so it was a it was a good opening lap and it was pretty exciting stuff it was hickman was riding not the super bike uh, ryan but he went out on the super stock with some modifications yeah well as as practice lap from the night before you know we knew he was going to be there or thereabouts and uh you know for all the the time you know them three four lads you know all the practice time they've had uh, with the the weather conditions, you know, to do them sort of lap times was was really impressive. You know, that was the right move, I think, probably given that they haven't had hardly any time with the superbike at all, have they, the Smiths team? Well, you know, it the, the you know they were the right place, the right time, and you know the the, the Peter's got another win. You know, so fair play. You know, I'd say Dean and Connor's probably a little bit disappointed, you know, just the way it, it worked out. But that's racing, you know, sometimes don't things don't go to, to plan. But, uh, you know, I'm sure just with the the testing times we've had over this past week, you know, they're just glad to get a podium. I think Connor must be really, really pleased with that out, out of the top three. You know, Connor to do that time and to be that close to, to, to Hickman and Harrison, I thought that was a real, real, real good show from from Connor and for Connor he was only I think it was 1.7 seconds outside his That's personal right. best as well yeah, which given his conditions. conditions exactly yeah so I mean as you've touched on earlier the lap times that they were doing given where they were in practice from a 129 and a half in practice to jump up to a near 133 today yeah. and particularly for Pete which I know Ryan and John are obviously riders but from an outside looking in he that bike as it stood he'd never actually done a lap on obviously the hybrid he'd done a laps on the super bike and laps on the super spot, super stop but not the two married together yeah, if you yeah, like yeah. really so yeah. you know n- usual steady Pete at the beginning but once he got into his rhythm he I mean I'm John's my landlord this week and we had a, <laughs> bit, of a, ch- a bit of a chat over breakfast and John went for Pete and I went for Dean so uh, it's 1-0 to John at the minute. Beers are on field tonight <laughs> in the woody. <laughs> Absolutely how much work would that have been for the team to, to change the bike and switch the bits over from the superbike? Well, <laughs> personally, I don't know what all the change that, you know, I briefly heard it, you know, they said that the, the change, the, the front end, the forks and yokes and the swing arms. So yeah. it's not yeah. a massive job, you know, with a, 
a BSB team with the experience they have, they could probably turn that round in maybe an hour or so, you know. But it's just it's, it's making the decision decision on rate heights and things, you know. That's the the complicated bit to go and pass data and that there and just try to pretty uh, brave decision, don't you think, Ryan? Oh, it is. Yeah, it is bit, yeah. I mean, that, it wasn't just like throw a swinging arm in the super stock and get going with it. There was quite a lot of changes, which I think quite brave, really, to be honest. You know, the linkage, you know, the shock, you know, there's quite a few things comes into it and then wheelbase possibly yeah. was different as well. Yeah. I think the main reason, there's nothing wrong with the, the swing arm and the stock bike, but it's, uh, I think the biggest advantage was uh, being able to change the rear the rear tyre, the rear wheel, you know, in the pit yeah. stop, you know, within the time that they can put the fuel in. And I if they left it in super stock mode, they wouldn't have been able to do that, would they? Well, they probably could, but it gets a lot more complicated. You know, it's not just as easy taking the the, the rear wheel out and fitting the you know the the new wheel tire in. So uh, it is a brave, it's a brave decision, yeah, but yeah. fair play to them. Yeah, you know, they've come got up the trumps. Yeah, and it's probably tells you where they feel in terms of confidence-wise with the superbike sort of thing, because the little teething issues that they're having, it's nothing major, but little things here and there that just obviously not quite feeling as good on that as they are on the superstock bike and you know obviously that's seeming lap times and even you know like we've said before northwest pete was excellent on on the superstock bike and he's come here and carried that form yeah. with him and that but just the little little niggly little things that they but seem to keep having on the roads with the superbike is yeah. obviously just let's stick with what especially they've gone with the forks and the swinging arm it, it you know it leads me to think that the, the, the issues are sort of electronic or, or mechanical engine wise and they have problems with the superbike yeah, just you know, whenever you can win a a, a TT, you know, on a stock a stock engine, yeah. stock wiring, but yeah. just you know, you you have to ask yourself, is it worth all the money and the hassle? Know. It, you know, it just yeah shows how good the BMW is, I guess, as well, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's that bike that that Dean was riding. You can be, you know, you can be guaranteed that wasn't a stock engine that no, there. Not at you all. know, that'd be a full blown superbike, wouldn't it? And so, in that sense. Do you think Dean will be slightly disappointed tonight that he didn't manage to win it? Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it probably will be. You know, knowing Dean as we do, and, he, and he's an out-and-out -out winner, uh, I, I, I think he felt that he had the, the, the full package to, to, to do the job. Uh, so I'm sure he will be a little bit disappointed. But on the same token, it's you know it's the first race out of the way. We've had a difficult practice week. He's on the podium. It's good for himself. It's good for his sponsors. Uh, so I'm sure... Uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll he'll turn that around in the superbike uh, on Friday and superstop whenever that happens. They just need to clear this little issue that he said developed on lap two where it got either a surge or, or s some kind of shift problem, yeah. perhaps, that was just giving him. And that was where, really, Peter Hickman broke the race open because on the climb of the mountain, Ramsey to Bungalow on lap two, Peter had four seconds out of him. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and then when it was as close as that, yeah, that's a that's a, that's a big chunk of time to, to make up in one, one sector, isn't it? And he also said how he felt the wind was pushing him around a bit, Dean, where he's, he's slight, his size is slightly smaller to the other two riders. So, he, you know, whether that was a factor or not, this combination obviously came together as well. So I think it's difficult with Dean because from the outside, he always looks this like happy-go-lucky, you know, he'll take whatever he gets. He's always happy with podiums, but I think probably deep down he would be disappointed with the second as opposed to the win, really. Yeah, I think so, yeah, probably. And he did say, though, that he's... he's he got into a bit of a tussle on the road with Connor Cummins as well, which would have just cost him a little bit. He got past Connor, then Connor took him back while he was having these these few issues, and then he had to try and retake Connor again. And those are tenths of a seconds that are going each time, aren't they? 
Well, for me personally, when I was listening to the race, I started to think these these two two boys are going to start racing each other, and they're going to have to take defensive lines, and you know it's going to play into Peter's hand, you yeah. know. But uh, obviously, there's more going on, you know. Dean, you know, he said he's had a problem with the bike, and he wasn't able to uh, to stay in front of Connor whenever he, he did get past, you know. So it's, it's just one of those things. The the race was cut short, you know. Peter was there whenever it mattered, and he has won the race. You know, you can't argue with that. By 1.78 seconds, it was it was close. We nearly got into a situation, fill of a rerun of the senior, didn't we? Where they were just literally sector for sector hammering at each other. Absolutely, and it's obviously shaping up that way to pan out over the second half of the race as well. Obviously, circumstances sadly prevented that from happening. But you know the way it was going, I mean that 1.7 gaps pretty close to what it was at the end of the senior last year after six laps as yeah. well. So they're matching each other. You know, after the first lap, they're I think 1.1 second apart, and I think Dean got the lead up to four seconds at one stage today. But then again, Pete's prowess over the mountain came into play as well. So it was that whole nip and tuck again, really. And if we push this forward to the senior regarding these two, Peter has said in the press conference he's going to stick with the hybrid version. He's not going to go to the full superbike. He will ride the stock plus if you like. So they'll have to convert the bike back to super stock um, status if you like for the super stock race, and then put it back into super stock plus if you like, for the senior, he's going to stick with that now. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's got the laps under his belt now, two more laps under his belt yeah. on it, hasn't he? And that, so it's two more laps than what he's got compared to the superbike. So, you know, you'd have to go back to the superbike just to get another one lap practicing on Wednesday. So you're going back into the unknown a little yeah, bit, really, it's aren't you? Worth it's it, it's it? not worth it, is not this late stage of the game. Yeah. yeah. Too, too, too much time gone. And, and, and in his case, because of the way it's panned out, not being here for that very first Sunday of the TT and losing those laps, just getting those laps on board on that first day while he was at Donington on BSP duty. It's, yeah. it's held him back a long way, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, especially the way the week's gone as well with the cancellations. You know, to miss, miss a session is was huge. I know the the big bikes weren't out on that first that first evening, but it, just to get a good number of laps on your your, your six hundred to familiarise yourself again with the with the TT course and and build up your confidence. It, yeah, it's, it's got to have an effect without a doubt. And despite all the lack of running on track and uh, the issues we did, as Phil mentioned, get up towards 133. Dean Harrison did the fastest lap of the race on that second lap, 132.95. So as you said, it is a significant step up from where they'd been in practice. Yeah, I think it was Pete that actually got the quickest lap, though, overall with the 132.95 rather than Dean. Um, but yeah, uh, it, was, it was an impressive lap, really, You know, getting that close, given where they were, really. And that, you know, that's like three uh, almost five mile an hour yeah. what Pete had gone in practice sort of thing so that is good and in the conditions you know it was was very blustery out there for them and I know they're the, they are the big the big super bikes but you're still going to get blown around an awful lot aren't you Ryan on those things up on the, on the mountain you've got to be careful yeah even even down here in the in the paddock you know it was quite blustery at times so I'd hate to think what it was like up on, on the mountain and the other thing because there's been so little laps done you know there's lots of the circuit where you know, there's not much rubber down no. the track would still be dusty or greasy or whatever, you know. So it's definitely the circuit definitely isn't anywhere near uh what the you know, like the race condition it was yeah. in last no. year, you know, where Far they, from they were pushing hundred and thirty five odd mile an hour. Yeah. So to do those times and the conditions with the the practice they've had it, it's really impressive. Yeah. And as I think in they just alluded to in the press conference as well, obviously the temperature's a hell of a lot down compared yeah. to what it was last year so there's no not not as much grip down not as much temperature in the track either so it's all coming together so kind of makes the lap times even more impressive really yeah yeah it was very chilly this morning who else amongst the top uh, six or so 
Uh, we not mentioned Connor Cummins. We mentioned obviously as a third, and, and the Padgett's team will be happy to be up and running. I think with another big bike podium for Connor to tie him with his double podium on the big bike races last year. Then James Hillier got fourth. Obviously, he got his podium later in the day, which we'll come to. But um, in terms of him setting off, that's the, that's a reasonable start for James Hillier because we know he does tend to make it slow. He, sh- he likes to bed himself in almost into racing. Yeah, I was just actually talking to team boss Pete Excellence, and they actually quick shifted broke on the first lap of the Superbike race. So that's what prevented James being a bit better showing than what he did because I would have expected James to have been a bit closer to the front three than what he actually was and I think that probably fired him up for the super sport yeah. this afternoon because you saw how quick he came out of the blocks in the super sport race that first sector was like you know good chunk ahead of anyone else then but I think that's probably what's holding held him back in in the superbike race but James being James fourth place <laughs> that's why yeah. he's on anyway. his finishing records phenomenal and then the lower part of the top six almost sort of covers the practice leaderboard if you were Michael Rutter and Michael Dunlop sort of right there they were they were bottom part of the top six if you like on the practice leaderboard as well so it's just flowed through into the race hasn't it the lack of practice time has just meant that that form has come through yeah I, I mean I, I must be I haven't heard anything about anything from Michael and the Tyco team about the about the race and how the bike went I know they had issues with the with the bike yesterday in the last practice uh, and they, they had to put a new engine in overnight and it was on the dyno first thing this morning but uh, again I don't know uh, the story of the race for them, but again, you got to think that that they'll be dip- disappointed with that. I well, no one, Michael, you know, certainly <laughs> yeah, he's disappointed with yeah. it. You know, like, uh, you know, he he won't want to come the take old BMW team won't want to come to finish in sixth place. No, you know, but no. it's uh, it's just you know they were very unfortunate to have that problem in practice and lack of lack of track time with a brand new bike. Uh, you know, Peter. You know, he has been riding. Uh, you know, he has done quite a few miles on that. Uh, yeah. You know, on that chassis. Yeah, yeah. You know, compared to what uh, Michael has done, in all fairness. But uh, you know, there's still a few races left this week, and I would be, I would be fairly confident that uh, you know, come the senior and Friday, they'll they'll be in a better they'll position. Be up, yeah, yeah. There was noticeable little attrition really amongst the top runners. I know we only <coughs> got the two laps in before the unfortunate red flag. But really, considering how many new bikes are here, they all stood up really well to to what they did out there. Yeah, you know, it's just if it had been over six laps, you know, possibly we could have seen more yeah, more retirements. Different. But the fact that we've just we've saw so limited practice, and you know, it was basically a two lap race. You know, you'd expect there to be <laughs> very few, you know, mechanical failures. You know, but. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, come come the senior just who who decides to go for what setup and you know what the running order is yeah, going to be there. Yeah, after that today, uh, it would be nice that you know to get the full six laps in the senior and, and really see where everyone really is. Then, yeah, because there's probably a few gambles taken today with setup and things like that. Yeah, well, conditions. Uh, when you look further down, yeah, I was quite surprised. There was quite a lot, a few of the lads. Uh, you know, actually didn't really improve today on what they they done in practice, and that was a bit of a surprise to me. The likes of uh, Jamie and Gary Johnson, David Todd, you know, they were kind of I, th- I expected them maybe to to make a little bit of a jump. Michael Rutter, he, he made a, a mile an hour jump in the end to the one two nines. Uh, David Johnson being another, having been third on the leaderboard. Yeah, exactly. Practice, I thought that David might be a bit <coughs> disappointed with that seventh place. Really, I would have expected him to have kicked on a bit more than what he did in the race. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Ian Hutchinson's teammate down in 13, so he was struggling a little bit, that's for sure, with the with the Honda SP2, which of course he did come off 
in practice on yeah. and, and and we know that he's injured a little bit uh, perhaps so maybe he was just being held back by that I think yeah I think yeah with with Hutchie and, and the accident that he did you know again following the accident I mean, and anyone that jumps off at the 11th milestone as as uh, and get away with it is is super lucky and, and it's it's going to knock your confidence and following that accident if he'd had more time on the bike I'm sure we would have seen Hutchie ride a bit better but he, he he hasn't, and obviously I still think there's a you know a little bit of confidence to be built there in order for him to to get back to know where he can be. Okay, that is the RST Superbike TT pretty much covered. You are listening to Park Ferme, brought to you by RST. We're with Phil Wayne, Ryan Farquhar, and Johnny Barton. I'm Chris Boyd, and we'll move on to the Locate.im sidecar TT, which was just a sensational performance, Phil, by the virtual start to finish, flag to flag. Yeah, they obviously didn't get ruffled by what John Holden was doing in practice. He'd set the pace there, and Bertrand just took it all in a stride. They knew what they were capable of on the ra- on the, the race day, and got the head down from the start. As Ben said later in the press conference, you know he knew that first lap was all important. First lap, got his head down, four second lead, I think, at um, Glen Helen on the eight lap, and that's a big chunk to have at Glen Helen on the first lap. And from that moment, they just never looked back. Just extended their lead at every single commentary point. Again, coming back to the speed, second lap. I think they were one second off the outright lap records, you know, which... It, it must, it must be so nice, though. mustn't it, to be that confident. You know, you, 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 you do your practice laps and nothing sensational, knowing full well that when that flag drops, they can just go in and bash in these lap so times. So much more in reserve, haven't Absolutely. They? It must yeah. be so such a nice position to be in as a, as a racer, to think, well, you know, I know what I can do, and you've got that much confidence in yourself to be able to deliver it. I think it's a bit like with Lee Johnson, Winning late, to, you know, he said how he's got a team around him that he believes in and trusts in, and they do the same with him. It's a nice family atmosphere, and the virtuals obviously have got that family atmosphere themselves yeah. as well. It's been obviously the two of them together for a long time. Same, same setup, same, you know, they build the bikes themselves as well, and, and that. So you know, they just plus obviously they've won four in a row coming into this year with the yeah. record, and now I've got I think it's six in a row. Sorry, now they've got now like nine in total. So it just breeds confidence, doesn't it? Pretty impressive. I, I think that I'm even more special bringing a new machine to do it because they retired yeah. off old faithful that was yeah. who just couldn't be beaten at the TT. It seems they bring a new bike and they break their own race record by a second. Yeah, yeah. You just no, obviously not. Not only are they pretty good at, at, at racing sidecars, they're also pretty good at, at engineering and, and, and building the things as well. So, I mean, well, yeah, sec- fair play. Second and third outfits built by them as well. Yeah. So they've got a bit of a monopoly everywhere. Yeah, they? incredible. Their pace on that second lap, particular Ryan, was sensational. On the, on the sector times up to Ramsey, they were seven and a half seconds inside their own lap record pace to Ramsey, which put them on a 120 mile an hour pace they they backed off a little bit because they got a board coming up over the mountain that showed they were over 30 seconds up uh, uh, Ben said so they backed it off a little bit straight away but they were on what would have been the first ever 120 mile an hour sidecar lap which is just an incredible thing to think about with two guys yeah, on a well 600 you know like I said the other day you know we haven't saw them pushed yet you know if someone you know will stop the game and uh, push them you know for the first lap or so it'd just be interesting to see what they could go to you know uh, I don't think there'd be any problem them doing 120 mile an hour. I lap. think no. Uh, again, in those conditions, you know, it's got to affect. It's got to affect the sidecar up over the mountain. I sh- I've, I, again, I sit here now. I think. I think that they're sat in there. They're all in celebrating, knowing that they can do 120. Yeah. I'm sure they can think. Yeah, <laughs> we we can do it whenever we want to do it. Yeah. They don't even need the conditions to be that yeah. brilliant. E- even yeah. the speed of it down Solby, you know, like uh, a 600 motor where. Yeah, uh, we're two up on it. Hundred and fifty-two you know. and a half miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, there's some yeah. solo bikes not doing that. There, you know, doing it, you know, it's, it's quite incredible. 
It was it's their sixth straight win. It's their ninth win in total, which makes Tom the winning most passenger in TT history, and it moves Ben level with Mick Boddus and Dave Savile for wins. And I think they're unbeaten when they finished a TT since 2013. It's wow. just the most unbelievable dominance, isn't it, Phil? Yeah, they got their win in 2013. I think the following year they had their accident at the Black Door. But I think since then, like you say, I think they broke down from one other race. But apart from that, they've won everything going. So it's, it's like not a bad record. Yeah, they are the men to beat, yeah. quite and clearly. In the, in the last five of their TT wins, the runners-up have been John Holden and Lee Gay. <laughs> yeah, they'll be getting sick of the sight of them, I imagine. <laughs> but, but then, like, you know, John's, that's John's 20th podium, so, yeah. you know, that's not a bad career to it's have. still another it? great <laughs> result for the boys, though, isn't it? You know, it's, you know we're saying it almost to be disappointed, but, you know, they've still finished second and second at the TT any any day of the week. It, it's something something special, isn't it? Yeah, and, you know, the uh, Ben and Tom, you have to give them, they have to take a bit of credit for from an engineering point of yeah, view yeah. for all the other podiums yeah, that, know, the, yeah. you know, the other lads is... Uh, having on their outfit you know it's just I'm sure it's something they're pretty proud of and it's 61 for John Holden to oh still no. be coming second in the TT it's, it's incredible it isn't is. it it's amazing I mean you look at him he's fit as a flea isn't he, oh, he, he made, absolutely he made his debut in 1988 before you John Wish I could look that good. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but he's, uh, you know, at 1988, he's still got the hunger and desire to be doing it as well. You know, it's like it's like full hats off to him for doing yeah. that, and like I say, not just doing it, but doing it at such a high level as well. It's like yeah, you know, it's pretty you, impressive. You can't say anything but positive things, can you? Yeah, it must have been quite demoralising for them because he said in the press conference that. The all practice week they've been so good and they've been particularly pushing straight from the start to get to Glen Helen. He thought that was where he might have the advantage. Lap one, here to Glen Helen. He said he turned out of uh, Quarterbridge and the virtuals were already disappearing into Braddon Bridge and you knew at that point it was done. Yes. Another thing I'd like to touch on is the, the Crow Brothers, you know, uh, yeah. for they'd only done completed two laps really. It's incredible, isn't it? You know, the times that they did, you know, they're getting quicker all the time. You know, they're definitely, they're, they're <laughs> they chip off the old block. They're definitely, oh, they it, it'll not be very long, I think, they'll be up pushing uh, the porch. Yeah, I mean, where does that That's where where does that sit with the fastest ever? Fastest newcomers ever, that is. Must be by quite a bit. Yeah, Tim Reeves did just over 112 in 2008. Yeah. He was 112.03 and they've done 113.53 yeah, today, brilliant. so one and a half mile an hour. Pretty impressive. Yeah. And really on, impressive. A, on a previous that would triumph. be on their fifth lap, isn't that right? Yeah, and on the Triumph engine, which we've spoken yeah. about before, is pretty unproven and untested around the mountain course in the sidecar class. Yeah, and in amongst traffic as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just every way you look at it, it's, it's yeah. really impressive. Really, really impressive. It was it was a battle of the founds for the final place on the podium, just ahead of the Crows. The Crows finished fifth. Alan Founds finished uh, third in the end. Pete Founds fourth. It was Pete that held third through the early part of the race, and then Alan overhauled him. But then even at the end, Alan had about a ten second lead at Ramsey on the for over Pete uh, at Ramsey on the final lap. By the end, that had come back to five seconds. So Pete was coming right back at him, even on that final. I know if they were having any boards, they must be thinking, "Oh no, <laughs> they, 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 yeah, they really got they got the teeth into them." But as you say, yeah, they managed to hang on to it. But yeah, terrific result for them guys. The first ever podium for Jake Lauber. It's always great to get new people on the podium. Yeah, of course it is. It's great, and, you know, and watching you know watching the the. The boys in the winners' enclosure there, you know, you you could see how much it meant to them. You know, they really were, you know, completely over the moon. All the team was so so, so happy. It was a really nice thing to see. And um, obviously, 
brotherly, brotherly rivalry there as well. They're from a family steeped in sidecar history as well at the TT. They've been brought up on it. They know what it means, which like John just said, then that probably you can see that in Winner's Circle because they've, they've been coming here since they were kids, seen the dad race here, you know, and that sort of thing. When mm. it's ingrained in you like that, that's possibly when it means even more when you do so well. Absolutely. Any other results there, Phil, that stand out for you? No, I think, like you said, the, the, we think we've touched on really the two Founds brothers again set new personal bests over 116 for the first time. The Crows, obviously, as well. Um, Alan Schofield's good result for him. I think he's uh, yeah, been around for a while as Alan. Did well in back in mid 2000s. Got a couple of fifths place, but he had a made his return a year or two ago. Had an accident, but come back and you know it's a good good position and good lap times there as well. Okay, well, just before we move on to the Monster Supersport result, there were some qualifying sessions during the afternoon. You managed to get out, Johnny. What were the conditions like? Uh, yeah, that, it was nice to get out, obviously, because we hadn't been out since last Sunday. So it was good to it was good to get back on the bike. It wasn't, you know, it was nice. It was dry. It was uh, there was no damp patches. It was it was breezy on the mountain, uh, but you just kind of get on with that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I had a good couple of laps uh, on the second lap. Unfortunately, I came across uh, one of Poor Ryan's riders uh, laying in the edge of the road. So we, we all stopped at Greenbrook Castle for a little bit for help the marshals just clear the track, and then we got under our way. Uh, but yeah, personally, it was a, a good couple of laps and I enjoyed myself. What is the condition update on Derek McGee, yeah, Ryan? Well, the, the last I heard that you know he has uh, broke two small bones in the bottom of his back, which, from what I gather, is nothing serious. You know, and there's like muscle damage and whatever. You know, but the main thing that it's nothing life-threatening, you know, I think, for the sounds of things, everything's, uh, you know, it's going to take a bit of time, but he, he will be okay. He'll make a full recovery, thankfully. Brilliant. How did the other guys in the team get on? Uh, Gary Johnson was third. Uh, I think Lee Johnson was fourth. Uh, Derek was fifth and Rudder sixth. I think we had four bikes in the top in the top six, you know, until that, that happened, you know, but it's... Yeah. Michael will have a problem with Michael's bike. He stopped in the mountain. I don't know. I haven't got the bike back yet to see. Uh, you know, if I have a spare motor sitting there. So if it's anything major, I'll just stick a, an engine in. It's just, it's just hassle yeah. after the Northwest I've had. It's just something I could have done without. But, you, you know, it's, it's racing. That's the way it goes. You can tell why, how Ryan's feeling right now. He's <laughs> brought his coffee cup full of red wine. <laughs> you know. <laughs> don't blame but, me, Ryan. But, Believe me, if I hadn't do this here show tonight, <laughs> <laughs> there would have been stronger stuff than red wine on it. But it's just motorbike racing, you know. Yeah. No matter how bad things are, you know, like if we've lost a bike, you know, Derek has hurt himself. But uh, there, yeah. there's a family in a much worse team, in a much worse situation than, than we are in. Just our thoughts are with them tonight. Yep. Absolutely. Let's move on to the Monster Super Sport race that we've just had that was curtailed after two laps by rain up the west of the coast. And well, it's a fantastic result for Lee Johnston, isn't it? To, to break away from the manufacturer backing that he's had and go and set up and do his own thing and uh, and come out and be a Northwest winner, beating Alistair Seeley and then move on into the TT and come and win a super sport race here. It's, it, he must be in dreamland, mustn't he? Yeah, it's obviously great to see another a new winner as well. I mean, as he said himself, he's had a couple of years in the doldrums. He had a spill at Greber Castle a couple of years ago. They'd moved to Honda Racing, didn't work out as he'd hoped. As he said again, as he said himself, feels like he's underachieved and performed. Moved back to a formula that he knew worked well with his own private team. Went to back to British Championship racing. Been really on form at the British Supersport Championship early rounds. 
you could see that as soon as he got to the northwest, he was on the pace straight away, and then he's come here and done the same again as well. So um, it's just, yeah, it's just really nice to see such a, a winner, and also to see what it meant to him as well. It's just really, yeah. really yeah. positive. And he's a really popular guy as well, Ryan, isn't he? I like Lee. You know, he's a real good lad, and, and fair play to him. Like when we were speaking here this morning, like. I personally couldn't see anybody beating Dean with the, the, the times that he did, you know, and uh, what was it, Sunday was the first yeah, practice, was, yeah. you know, and in worse conditions, <coughs> you know, and uh, I knew Lee, he, what was he, third or fourth quickest, and he had, like, he had to find three or four mile an hour, and I thought, you know, he, he's well capable of a podium, but to actually win, but, uh, you know, he's, he's certainly proved me wrong, and fair play to him, you know, it's great seeing I know the Lee and the the team, the effort they've put in, they've, uh, you know, they've they've done their own thing this year, and you know they've proved that it works. And he and ca he came into the beginning at the beginning of the year, and he was you know he came out and directly said the Super Sport race was the one that he was pinpointing for a result. Mobile Knight could have got a win, he, he wasn't sure, but he was definitely going for a podium. And again, after the Superbike super race, race this morning, where he would have been disappointed, said the handling wasn't right with the big bike, he would have come out fired up and like just grabbed yeah. his chance with both hands. Yeah, I just didn't see that happening. I just didn't see those boys coming out the gate as quick as that. I was expecting to get to get to the first commentary post at Glen Helen, and he, Dean Harrison was two, three seconds in the lead. And and when you when we saw what was going on, I thought, wow, yeah, we're in for a really good race here now. This is this is game on. They've all sort of up their game, and and uh, yeah, gloves are off, as they say. And even Hickey, he did his usual seventh at Glen Helen on the first lap. He was coming through. Yeah. It was shaping up really yeah. well. He I was think. some of the sector times towards the end of the first lap. He was absolutely getting on it. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously bits and pieces of traffic maybe held him back. It was James Hillier though. His pace from the start was was a real sort of wow. We're not used to that from James Hillier. He just woke us up. He was I can't remember how far clear he was by sort of Balaf, but the first couple of sectors, yeah, he absolutely gunned. Well, I think Phil hit on it. I think it, I think he was really disappointed from the superbike race, and and I heard him say on the interview that you know his his plan was to really push hard right from the outset, and and he obviously did that, and you know it put him in contention for you know for the race. And uh, just looking a little bit further down the top six, certainly Dean did manage to finish fourth, which I'm sure he'll be quite disappointed with, given how the practice form had gone. Michael Dunlop, fifth, uh, and I think he was fifth this morning as well, so it was two fifth places for Michael. He probably won't be too happy with that. And Connor, having got the podium at the Northwest 200 uh, on the Super Sport machine, he, he, a top six is possibly a little bit disappointing for him. Yeah, I think the one rider who's probably a bit disappointed was Gary Johnson as well. He he was running in the top three earlier on, and when that rain came on the west side of the coast, he was the one that seemed to ease the pace more than others. Certainly it looked that way, and the times he may have had a problem, I had a chance to speak to him yet, but he, he dropped from third to seventh, and obviously it was initially it was nice seeing Gary right back up there on the Triumph for a couple of years in the doldrums. He was running really strong. Um, whether or not it was the rain, we don't know at this stage. But he he probably would have been disappointed with that. Um, so that was a shame for Gary, I think. And Lee, but Lee, just going back to the top of the, uh, the, the, the Lee's got to be looking to do a double, hasn't he, from the Super Sport race too, with that kind of pace? Well, he's going to be confident now. You know, he knows now that he can he can win a TT. You know, the the reckon the the first one's always the hardest. So uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see. You know, because there is there's. There, there's quite a few fast lads behind him there that you know will want to win as well. But uh, you know he, he's happy with the bike. You know he said the bike even after the Northwest he says the bike's fantastic. You know it's fast and he feels comfortable on it. So uh, he, he couldn't rule him out of another one. Yeah, I can see that. I can see the second Super Sport race possibly being the best race of the week. You know how it's shaping up there today I and mean, how many riders you got in contention. 
uh, yeah, I think it'd be really, really looking forward to the next race. There we are. We're just about out of time on Park Ferme, brought to you by RST. Our winner of the Supersport race, truncated by rain, was Lee Johnson. The Birchalls put on a masterclass in the Locate.im Sidecar TT. And the RST Superbike race went to Peter Hickman. But by far the most important element of that race is to express our sincere condolences to the family, team and friends of Daley Matheson. For now from the TT Grandstand, good evening. Park Fermi Review Show, powered by RST.